Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. To jump right into our message, the series, of course, is, is dealing with freedom, uh, whom the Son set free, or make free, make is in, in the Greek set, is free indeed. And um, we know that we are free. Let's turn to Romans. Let's go there. Let's start right there in review. In Romans chapter 6, verse 6, it says, Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him. Our old self was crucified with him. Before we were saved, when we gave our life to Jesus Christ, that old self, that old man was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be done away with. So the body of sin was crucified with Christ that it might be done away with so that we would no longer live to be slaves to sin. So we are not slaves to sin once we have been born again. For he who has died is free from sin. That's very important for us to know and when we, let's uh, go back to another verse that we covered last week, and that's John chapter 8, and starting in verse 31, it says, So Jesus was saying to those who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And in verse uh, 33 it says, uh, they, what they have said before that, that we've, we've never been in, in bondage because, um, of course, they thought they were Abraham's uh, descendants, which they were, and never been in bondage, but they didn't realize that they were in bondage because this is, this is not the way it's supposed to be. We in this church, we don't think that there is no way we can be in any bondage whatsoever because we know that it's a possibility if we don't fight. Okay, and we'll go over that a little bit later in some more messages. But it says here that they answered him, We are Abraham's descendant and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say we will become free? And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say unto you, everyone who commits sin, whoever commits sin, and that, that commits is not a just a committing one time. This committing is in the present uh, which means that it's a continuous thing. It's a repeated thing. So you had to know the tense of the Greek in order to know what it's saying because sometimes we'll say, okay, it, it, I can't mean that. Anybody who commits a sin is a slave to sin. No, it means if you continue and, and, and you, it's a continuous repeated action, you are a slave to sin because anyone who presents themselves, this is another verse, if anyone who presents themselves as a servant to someone, is a slave to that person. And if you, com- if you, if you commit yourself to, to, uh, just to sin, you'll be a, a slave to sin. If you commit yourself to righteousness, righteousness, you'll be a slave to righteousness. And that's what we are when we are born again. Very important. Now, that's just a review for those who were not here last week. We always want to review. We're talking about freedom. We're talking about a Christian should not ever be in bondage. A Christian should be free 
a Christian is free, and a Christian should stay free. Should stay free. Do we hear me what I'm saying? Stay free. Should. Okay? Now, I want to do about, um, I want to do three things, but I don't think I'm going to do them. I think, <laughs> I think I'm going to do a little bit of anything. Uh, I want to be led by the Spirit today. Uh, well, I want to be led by the Spirit any day, uh, all day, every day. Uh, but there, there are a lot of little things going through my head. And, and uh, I said, well, God, just lead and guide me. I'll follow. That's all I want to do, follow. One thing is that let's, let's uh, give a, a definition. Let's ask a question. What's sin? Because we're talking about sin. Is that correct? We're talking about sin. What's sin? Well, sin, uh, people say sin is, of course, missing the mark. Missing the mark. What mark? Uh, well, sin in, in, in Greek really means, like in, in, in what we've been talking about, what it means is that we are missing the intent of what God has purposed for our lives, the total scope of what he has intended for our lives, which is to glorify him. We were, we were created to glorify God. We were created to glorify God. We were not created uh, to glorify the world, to glorify ourselves, to glorify our neighbors. Uh, we were created to glorify God. And when we miss the mark of what God wants, of course, then we are in sin. It's a verse in, in Scripture also says that, and, and uh, we won't turn to it, it says that whatever is not of faith is sin. That's a, that's a, that's a, uh, it's a, whoo, my goodness gracious. I wonder why God put that there. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Do you believe the Bible? Now, what is faith? Well, it's described in Hebrews 11.1, but, but uh, let's just say that faith is trusting in what God has said. Faith is trusting in what God has said. Now, when we have the, the scriptures, the whole about whatever version you like to use, when you have this, you have the word of God. This is called the word of God. Whatever God has said in here, because, because the, the people all the different writers uh, who he used to write this, they were led by the Spirit of God. And so God has said things to us in 60, come on, six books. He has said this. If we trust in what he has said, we have if I trust in what I read from Genesis to Revelation in the proper context now, in the proper context, not get my own uh, interpretation of somebody's interpretation of, that I saw on TV or somebody's interpretation I read in the book, somebody's interpretation that we were having the discussion. From Genesis to Revelation, I have to know how to rightly divide the word of God 
in order to know what it's saying. I, I can't just be a casual reader. I have to learn how to uh, go through this word of God and interpret this thing, let scripture interpret scripture. I got to know how to rightly divide the word of God. And once I know that, then when I read it and I keep things in context, I just don't take one scripture and just run, run with that. Then I know that God has said something, and therefore, if I trust in it, that means that I will not miss the mark. Anything that I do, anything that I say that is not in accord with this word, that means I have missed the intent of what God has purposed for my life. That means that I have not glorified him. Therefore, I am in, come on, those three-letter words, sin. Satan wants to keep us in bondage and not and, and, and keep us in sin in bondage and so that we won't give our life to him, give our life to Jesus Christ. But thank God for people who pray for us. Thank God that Jesus Christ, he is in evidence on our behalf now after we're saved, isn't he? Thank God we had grandmamas and mothers and somebody, well, fathers too, uh, that uh, <laughs> sometimes uh, that pray for us and God drew us because nobody can come to Christ unless they've drawn of the Father. That's in the scripture. You just can't say, I think today I will get saved. You know, I think, well, you know what? When I get to be 45, I'll get saved. No, 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 no. You're not going to get saved unless God draws you. Simple as that. Okay, so I said, well, God, I want to agree with you of what you're saying because I don't want to be in sin. That's what sin is. Okay, another question. That's one question, what's sin? That's one question. I want to do three things, and I might do four, might not do. I don't know what I'm going to do. But here's a question. Here's a question. Jesus walked. I'm making a statement, first of all. That's not a question. Uh, Jesus walked this, <laughs> this life perfectly, did he, did he not? He did not sin. He did not. Are we on, are we on the same church we're talking about? He did. He, he he was sinless, right? He was sinless. Okay. Can we, as born again believers, can we walk where we don't sin every day, where we don't sin every week, where we don't sin every month? In other words, we don't continuously sin. Can we walk that way? Uh, because I just want to ask that question. Can we? You know, because, you know, because, you know, people, people have told me before all different things. All different things. And I want to know. Don't you want to know? You said, I already know. Well, maybe I'm in the wrong church. That's okay. We're going to tell you anyway. <laughs> scripturally. Scripturally. Because no telling what you might hear. You need, you need to teach other people, too, the same thing. Can we walk like Jesus walked? Can we walk where we don't sin every day? Now, we know that we were sinners. All of us were sinners before we were born again. We already know that. Okay? We already know that. But after we're born again, can we now walk? Can we get to a point where we walk and not in sin all the time? 
Let's look at First John. Chapter 2, verse 3. Let's look there. It says, By this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him, continues in him, stays in him, he abides in him, ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. That walk is a, in the present, imperative, in Greek, which means that it's a continuous process. We should, in other words, it reads, the one who says he abides in him ought himself to continue repeatedly to walk in the same manner as he walked. That he is talking about Jesus. Do you believe that? How did Jesus walk? Simple. God is saying, now, did we agree that this is the word of God? Okay. I mean, I just didn't put a novel in here and, you know, put a little binding on. This is the Bible. Now, should we then, ought we ourselves to walk in the same manner as he walked? That's what the scripture says. I see I have one person saying something. Okay, let's let's go over to chapter three of Saint of First John, the Epistle of John. Chapter three. Let's go to verse seven. Now it says here, little children, make sure no one deceives you. Because people are gonna always try to deceive you because they're gonna say different things. And I'm telling you, don't believe everything you hear from somebody else. I don't care if it's me. Don't believe what you hear me say. If it doesn't agree with this word, that's why we put it on the screen. That's why we, you bring your Bibles. That's why you bring your electronic devices so you can look for yourself. It says what it says. Little children, make sure that no one deceives you. If somebody could never deceive you, he wouldn't say it, would he? He wouldn't say it. So we know we can be deceived. The one who practices righteousness is righteous. I cannot practice righteousness if I'm not righteous. And I'm only righteous by the blood of Jesus. And it says, just as he is righteous. Verse 8, the one who practices, that's a continual process. Now, the same Greek uh, uh, present tense here. He who continues to practice sin is of the devil. If I continually practice sin, Sin, I am of the devil. That's what it says. Did yours say that? Yours might say something different. I don't know what yours might say. Because they have a lot of different versions of the message. They have, I mean, they have some, some everything. This is what mine say. I'm reading out of New American Standard. It says, For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared 
for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. That's what my Bible says. So God appeared so that he can destroy sin in the flesh so that we don't have to be walking in sin continuously. That's what he said. That's what he said. No one, in verse 9, says no one who is born of God, no one, no one, in Greek it means no one who is born of God continues to practice sin because his seed, oh my goodness, whose seed is it talking about? The seed of Jesus Christ. The seed, it said his seed, his seed, God's seed abides in him. And he cannot sin because he's born of God. What does that mean? He can't continue to sin because he's born of God. He's born of God. Because whatsoever you sow, that's what you're going to what? Reap. There's no way I'm going to sow uh, some, uh, what, what can you sow? Uh, uh, maybe, I don't know what you can sow. Grass seeds, yes, grass seeds. Uh, grass seeds. No way you can sow grass seeds and get cabbage. Impossible. Impossible. How do I know that? The Bible told me so. In Genesis, right? Everything that, that's going to be produced is in that seed. Is in that seed. So you can't take you can't take grass seeds and get get turnip, potatoes, cabbage. You just can't do it. Can't do it. Impossible. So how are we going to take the seed, his seed, because whoever's born again is one spirit with God. How are we going to take the seed and, and, and it's in us, but it's going to produce sin? Impossible. Impossible. We can't continue to sin. Ooh, I said, oh, my goodness gracious. So I asked that question. I asked the question, too, of the elders because I needed to practice, you know, pass this by them so I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think I know everything. Okay? Um, I'm in a relationship with people. And so I pass things by people who are overseeing me, people who are surrounding me, the elders, and I pass it by them. What do you think? This is what I'm going to teach. I don't want to be teaching no heresy. I want to get to a point in my sanctification walk. I know that when I got born again, that I was still Willie Taylor. I didn't change. Uh, but God started working on me. And I started asking questions of people. I started reading the scriptures. I started asking more questions. I started getting taught. And so I started moving a step over here closer to Christ. And I'm still moving closer to who? Christ. I will still be moving closer to Christ when I die. I won't, I will not have arrived. But one thing for sure, I won't be where I used to be. So I want to get to a point where if, if I was a, if you had only known me, I was not too good of a person. I mean, you know, I thought I was. And I compared myself to a lot of other people. 
and I, I was pretty good. But when, you, when I compare myself to this Bible, what Christ is, my goodness gracious, I was terrible. So I said, I need to, if, if I'm going to stay right here, once I get saved and never move more closer to Christ, what purpose did I get saved for? So I can avoid, you know, uh, the fire and brimstone? No, I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get fire insurance. I wanted a relationship. A relationship. And that relationship brings me closer and closer to him. So I don't sin like I used to. You said, you sin? Do you still sin? I don't sin like I used to. And I'm getting closer and closer to him so that I'm sinning less and less and less and less and less and less and less. Because if I were not, if you tell me that you're going to sin every day, so don't even try. Why in the world would I try? What would I want to read this Bible for if I'm going to sin every day? And I might as well enjoy myself. Eat, drink, be merry, have fun, you know. If I'm going to sin every day, what difference does it matter? No. No. So if you think you should sin, you know, Chris is going to sin every day, uh, please keep it to yourself. Because (laughs) because don't share it with me because it will discourage me. It has discouraged me from, from trying hard to be like Christ. Because that's what he said. I'm supposed to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's what the scripture said. So that's what I want to do. And I know it's a process. I do know that. Now, here's something else. I know that I can be a Christian and still sin. Otherwise, we have to take 1 John 1 out of the Bible. Is that correct? If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So, I, so I'm very, very thankful that we have a high priest that can be touched by, the, by our you know, um, weaknesses because he was, in all cases like we, uh, uh, we are, you know, he was tempted. And all points like we were, yet without sin. So that gives me hope because I know I'm supposed to walk as he walked. So it gives me hope that, hey, I don't have to sin today. Every day my purpose is not to sin. Not to sin. That's my purpose. Every day. Not to sin. And then if I do sin, I will ask for forgiveness of the person I sinned against, and then of Jesus Christ. And then I'm going to start again from that point. And the rest of the day, my purpose is not to sin. Is that the way you walk? I hope so. I hear one. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> We've got an elder who, who, who wants to walk that way. Nobody else want to walk that way? You mean y'all want to walk sinning every day? My goodness gracious. <laughs> Okay. I have a want to give a testimony. Come on up, Laura. Uh, I have a a little thing uh, right there that's called a microphone. If you get that little thing right there, 
and bring it on up here. Um, Laura is, of course, a Christian, and uh, she's on the prayer team, uh, the wife of Lord Fox. And uh, so uh, tell, tell, tell the people a little testimony about how you were a Christian, but you did, you were in bondage. We, so we're going to another subject now. We're going to bondage. Because I believe that we, 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 we've already talked about those two questions. What's sin? And can a, can a Christian walk as Jesus walked and progressively get to the point where they don't sin every day? Okay, we, we've covered that. And the answer, and I didn't give you the answer. answer is, is a Christian can get to the point where they don't sin every day. That's my take, okay? Can anybody say amen? Okay, all right. Now, here's, here, here's an interesting thing. In 1 Corinthians uh, 6, 9, we won't, we won't turn to it. It's okay. Uh, it's not on, on the, don't turn to it. it. It tells us that all things are lawful to me. And, and it, it could be, when I told you that last week, even though it says all, all things are lawful to me, sometimes a, a person is saying, I know people are saying all things are lawful to me. I know I hear that saying, all things are lawful to me because he's talking about the Corinthian church, you know, because they were doing a lot of things and they were ignoring a lot of things and they thought they were all this. They, they really did because they were so gifted and everything. But they, they, they had somebody that, that was in, in, I mean, it was terrible. They were in sin. It was terrible. They were accepting sin. But look, here he said, all things are lawful to me. But Paul says, yeah, but all things are not profitable. All things are lawful to me. Yeah, but... I'm not going to be brought in the bondage of anything. Okay, you remember that scripture from last week? Okay. Well, Paul's saying that, and also he's saying, even if there are things that's lawful to me, I'm not going to be, be in bondage. I'm not going to be put in bondage by anything, anything, just because something is lawful. Because there are some things that's not a moral issue. Do you hear what I'm saying? There are some things just not sin. Just like, uh, let's, let's say, uh, in the Old Testament, they, they, were, they were not allowed to eat pork. You know, the Jews, okay? Everybody okay with that? In, in, in the New Testament, he said that, that we can eat anything. Okay? We can eat anything. Okay, now, let's, let's, let's think of this. The doctor says, you have high blood pressure. And you say, all things are lawful to me. You tell your wife that. And she said, hey, I'm going I'm to cut pork out of your diet. You say, all things are lawful to me. She said, yeah, but all things are not profitable to you. Right? Yeah, that's what you said. And, and um, there are certain things that you were doing, and it brought you in bondage. I don't even know how you started. Give me a little history. Let's just, let me, let me move this over here, and I'm going to sit down while you move a little, a little bit up and talk to them. Okay? Now, tell them, tell them what you're in bondage to and how you got started with this, because I don't think when you eat a piece of pork you get in bondage. But that's okay. Go down. I kept smoking. 
and like you said, it didn't, it, it wasn't going to send me to hell. I just probably smelled like I'd been there. <laughs> but I, um. How did I you start? How did you start? How did I start mm-hmm. smoking? Um, I was probably <coughs> about 12 years old and smoked with my cousin, an uh, unfiltered Pall Mall cigarette and puffed it because peer pressure probably, probably that. And I was, I had rebellion in me. And um, I was cool. It was real cool. I hit that thing, and I turned green and threw up. And then I said, let's get another one. <laughs> you, know, so, um, you know, so I didn't start smoking on a daily basis when I was 12. But, you know, I, every chance I got, I probably was snitching a cigarette and smoking and, and got saved. And God set me free from alcohol and drugs and um but the cigarettes was a battle. I mean, it was a real battle. I wanted to quit. I tried to quit. I would quit once a week to throw them away, pick them up, throw them away, pick them up. And I would hide it. I hid it from the church I was going to then. And um, wouldn't, you know, I would spray perfume on myself, brush my teeth, you know, change clothes and do all that to hide that. And it was sin because it wasn't a faith. It was definitely sin. It grieved God. It grieved me. You know, I'm praying for people other people to be set free from smoking and I'm smoking, you know, so it was it was it was, you know, attacking my faith really because, you know, I felt like a hypocrite. I felt like, well, I'm praying for these other people to be set free and here I am in bondage. So um let me tell them how I got set free. Okay. <laughs> so every Wednesday night we did a Bible study then and um before the Bible study began we would have prayer requests. And I knew I couldn't quit on my own, so to speak. You know, I mean, I knew what Jesus had done for me was enough. It was really done in the spirit, but I couldn't walk it out by myself. I couldn't get free. You know, I kept getting caught back in that bondage. So, um, you know, the last thing Laura wanted to do was to say something to somebody because it was my secret. I hid it. You know, I worked hard to hide that thing. So, and the last thing the enemy wanted me to do was to say something to somebody. So, we were at a Bible study, and um, the pastor said, does anybody have prayer requests? Because we always started with prayer requests. And I said, I do. And, oh, man, I can remember the fear I felt. I was terrified. I just felt like, you know, it's like you've seen, like, the, the animated things or the devil here, and, you know, and you're like, don't do it, don't do it. You know, it was like I just felt such fear. And I said, I have a prayer request. I smoke, and I can't get free from it. And I was expecting everybody to go, oh, you know, like, you know, just to condemn me. But they didn't. They they wrapped arms around me and loved me and prayed for me right then. And then, uh, and that was, I never smoked again after that point. And um, I think there's a scripture that says, confess your faults one to another and pray that you may be healed. And that's the word of God. And the word is true. The word is true. If you do it, it is active and alive and it'll do what it says it'll do. And after that, was I tempted? Absolutely. Yes. I still, I still got tempted, but I never gave in to that temptation. And um, different people that we were in the Bible study with, different women would call me and say, um, how you doing with that smoking? <laughs> and I'd say, I'm still not smoking. And they'd say, well, can I pray with you? And I'd say, absolutely. And, you know, so that was years and years ago. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Let's Thank give you. God a hand, okay? Isn't God good? Now, 
even though Paul says that we are free. We are, even though uh, John says we are free, we know that we can put ourselves in bondage. We can do things that will put us in bondage. I don't care what that is. Now, now Paul says, I will not be mastered by anything. Anything. Okay? Anything. Now, he didn't say he would not partake of whatever is lawful, of course, legal and whatever those things, but there are certain things that are very, 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 very okay, but they'll bring you in bondage. You, you won't be able to get free on it, okay, unless God sets you free. And Laura was talking about one of them, cigarettes. Don't put yourself in a situation where you put yourself where you can get back into bondage when Christ says, I have set you free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So know what you're partaking of. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. You know, I told God, if you, if you just, if you just uh, get me to the point where I don't, that, that God, I can't lose this weight like I want to lose it. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. If you, if you help me to lose this weight, I will never be overweight again. And this has been 20 years ago or so, no, 30, about, about, about 30 years ago, about, about 25 years ago, something like that. And I, mean, I was praying because I couldn't be a good example for my children. And, and, and I, I, I love sweets, you know that. And so, uh, but sweets shouldn't be a bondage thing, should it? No. Mm-mm. No, it shouldn't be a bondage thing. And it's not. You know, I, I joke around with you all uh, a lot, but I mean, I do love sweets now. Whether, <laughs> whether I partake of them is a different thing. But I said that, I mean, I can eat a whole pie. I mean, no, if it's an apple pie, yeah, I can eat it. I can eat that thing. And in, in, in two or three days, it's gone. I could do that, uh, but I don't because I'm not going to come under bondage of anything. I'm just not going to do it. Okay. So I don't care what it is. Soft drinks. Uh, I was in, in bondage to uh, Dr. Pepper. I mean, I, not Dr. Pepper, but uh, Mountain Dew. Ooh, that was, they're sweet. They're good. I mean, I, uh, but I said, God, help me get rid of this because I was trying to lose weight. Help me get rid of this. Doc. I, I don't, I love, I love these Mountain Dews. Oh, they're so good. Um, I don't think I've had a soda in maybe 10 years, something like that, a soft drink. Um, but I don't think I've had a, I, I tried a ginger ale one time on our anniversary, and, oh, it was so good, it was sweet, it was so good. And I said, I, 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 this is not soft drinks. I, I, I buy some of this, and I looked on the contents, and it was on the sugar contents, high grams of sugar. I said, no, I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to be in bondage to sugar. I'm not going to do that. So I just drink water. As much as I hate water, I drink water. <laughs> I drink water, yeah. Because I don't want, if the scripture is true, that Paul says that um, all things are lawful, but I'm not going to be in bondage to anything. Uh, do you want to be like Paul in that way? I don't want to be in bondage to anything, to anything. 
I really don't. Okay? Let's go through one thing. I'm, I'm going to introduce it, and I, I might not, not finish it, but it's okay. Um, one thing is I'm going to make a declaration. That's the third thing I had for today. Uh, Laura's situation was testimony was extra, which is, which is a good thing. Uh, A declaration I want to make is that let's be determined that we're going to have a positive attitude. Do you you, you understand? Let's let's look at at it in the scripture because uh, I let the word uh, talk for me. Uh, Let's let's, let's go to Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. Let's go there. It's a great scripture. Great scripture. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He didn't say work for your salvation. He said work it out. You already say just just keep it going, keep it going. Uh, For it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work his good pleasure. Do you understand? That's That's why... um, we can't continue to sin because it sees in us because it says that it's him at work in us, the Holy Spirit is working in us, both to will, to cause us to want to, and to do of his good pleasure. Isn't that a good scripture? It's, it, God is at work in us both to will. That's why I tell people, people say, well, I don't feel like, uh, you know, Read my Bible. I don't feel like this. I don't feel like that. I said, well, that's okay. It's okay not to feel that way. Just go to God and ask God to give you the feeling. Right? Go to God and say, God, I don't feel like reading your word, but help me to want to, want to read your word. Give me that feeling, God. Because it says that, because the scripture said he's at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Oh, that's marvelous. That's marvelous. This is what I want to get to. Do all things. Do how many? Without grumbling and disputing. And, 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 and this, this grumbling in Greek is complaining. Complaining. How many of us complain? Okay. I mean, I mean, you know, yeah, I can raise up both hands. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I complain. Is it more than five in us that, that, that complain? Like me? Is it more than five in here that complain? God says we shouldn't complain. That's what He said. So that, why shouldn't I complain? Complaining feels good. It does. When you complain, it might not feel good. When I complain, it feels good. Because I complain about too hot, too cold, especially too cold. That I got to cut the grass. I complain about people. I complain about people complaining about me. I mean, come on. You can just complain. When things don't go my way, I complain. I complain. If I had to, uh, if I don't have what I want to eat, I complain. 
I'm real. I'm real. But God says, you're missing my desire, intent for your life to glorify me. So therefore, it's sin. I said, sin? How can sin feel so good? Well, it's against his word, definitely, isn't it? Do all things without grumbling and disputing. So that, so that, so that means so that, right? You will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights. Now, lights in the world. Because the sun, when the sun comes up, when the sun is shining, when it's daytime, nobody can miss it daytime. Everybody knows it's daytime. When it's daytime, right? Because of the sun. The stars at night. The moon. Those are lights in the world. We're supposed to be shining among the people, the perverse generation, the people who are children of the devil because we say you're either children of God or children of the devil. Is that correct? I mean, that's what it says in 1 John, isn't it? And we read it. And so it says that we're supposed to be like lights shining. It says, beholding fast the word of life. Beholding, I'm supposed to be beholding the word of life, meaning that they're supposed to see the word walked out. If, if they never read the word, which they don't, don't do, then I'm supposed to be a written epistle. That's what the word said. That's what we're supposed to be, a written epistle. The devil doesn't want that. The devil wants us in bondage. The devil doesn't want us free. The devil said, hey, it's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. That's what he said. Hey, you're not going to get in bondage. Smoke that cigarette one time. It'll be all right. Yes, it'll be all right. You're cool, you know. You'll be like the ones on TV. Everybody who smokes a cigarette, they are cool, you know. Right? He will deceive you. And you get in bondage. The devil wants us in bondage. We're not getting in the bondage. We're not going to be in a in, in, in bondage to being, having a, uh, having a critical attitude either. In the church of Jesus Christ, we're not supposed to do that. In Cornerstone, we want to have a positive attitude. That's what we want. The only way we're going to have a positive attitude is we know it's sin if we don't. And I'm telling you, that's what the scripture says. And there's no way we're going to be blameless. There's no way we're going to be innocent, children of God, above reproach. There's no way we're going to shine as lights in the world. There's no way we're going to, they're going to see the scripture, the CD epistle walked out if we are critical. If we're critical of one another, why in the world would I be critical of you? Only because you don't do what I want you to do. Why would you be critical of me? Because I won't do what you want me to do. Why would you be critical of one another? Well, because they don't do what you want them to do. I might have said something you don't think I should have said. So you're critical. Because somebody might believe, that that, that dude, he's crazy. He he thinks he can go a day without sinning. He's deceiving himself. He going to sin today before it's over with. <laughs> Why are you being critical of me? Because I want to walk 
of Langdon's Wall. Come on. But people are critical of each other for any, any given reason, right? So I try to uh, work with our daughters and everything, and, and we never not work with each other because we're trying to say, hey, just because someone is critical of you, just because someone did something to you, it doesn't mean that we have to do it back to them. We don't have to talk about them, right? Because God didn't say do that. Bless those who curse you, right? The scripture tells us all that. Can we have a good attitude? Let's look at in, 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 in um, chapter 4 of Philippians, verse 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord sometimes. Always. 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 And really, if you... Um, if we will go to it, we're not going to it. But if you go to First Thessalonians 5, chapter 5, and look around in around 15, 16, 17, 18, it'll tell us to rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Right? Doesn't he tell us that? Give thanks in everything. Everything? He didn't say for everything. In everything. Give thanks in everything. For this is the will of God concerning you. That's what the scripture says in First Thessalonians. I said, what? Give thanks in everything? Yeah. How can we do that? How can we do that? And we have a flesh. Because this body of sin was nailed to the cross with Christ. We were crucified with him. We're not in, in a bondage to sin, are we? We are free. I'm not going to allow anything to keep, get me in bondage. So do you know a bad attitude will get you in bondage? Because you have a bad attitude about anything that don't go your way. Only time you have a good attitude when things go your way. Come on, you parents know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Your wives know what I'm talking about, these husbands. Come on. Because uh, I know I've been there. And I know I'm trying to come out. But I say that this is a declaration we're going to make that we're going to have a positive attitude. Can we work on a positive attitude? Yes. Can we work on a positive attitude? Yes. We don't have to complain about everything, do we? Let's, let's try. Now, we'll, we might, I'm here. I'll tell you, you might be over there standing beside Jesus, you know, watching me over here. But I tell you what, I'm here because I, I was complaining. I think I, I was complaining this morning because uh, I had iron this shirt. And it had some of the wrinkles in it. And I said, man, it took me a long time to iron this shirt. Got to why, you, why didn't I give thanks that I had an iron? Right? <laughs> yeah, all shirt to wear. Come on. <laughs> but I didn't. I complained. I'm telling you, it's real. It's real. Yeah. So... 
I'm here. Nope. I'm here. <laughs> I want to come up here and start the process of moving. Can anybody do it with me? Let's, let's try it. We're going we're gonna to practice it now because we know we're free. And like Laura said, she, she, she was free because she had been a Christian seven years was, but, but in bondage to nicotine. That's what it is. Nicotine will get you in bondage. It will. Okay? Uh, so, now, but she confessed her sins. Was, was God faithful and just to forgive her sins? Cleanse her, cleanse her from all unrighteousness? And then she got free from that bondage of nicotine, even though she was free from the body of sin. Right? We are free as Christians to do what God wants us to do, but we have to not get ourselves in bondage. So let's get ourselves out of bondage of complaining because complaining is a bondage for me. I'm going to tell you, it's a bondage. I think it's a bondage for a lot of people. A lot of people in the body of Christ. We wouldn't have marriages that, 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 that you know, like it is. We wouldn't have children and, and parents out of sorts with each other. Uh, we would, we, would we have rebellious kids? No, because they're going to be thankful that they have parents. I'm thankful, God. Oh, come on. It's thankfulness. Right? So I want to move a little bit at a time. And, and I want somebody on a journey with me. Because it's easier if you have an exercise partner, isn't it? Okay? So uh, can I count on anybody in here? Okay. Okay, 10. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> That's the start. Let's stand. God is good, isn't he? Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.